Hi guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Rugby Player Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Benno. This episode, we'll be speaking to Sam Windsor from the Houston Sabercats in the MLR. That's Major League Rugby. We'll be talking to Sam about pre-season training, his preparations for the year ahead, and what it's like to be a professional rugby player living in Houston, Texas. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. We're live. All good. So, mate, last time I spoke to you, you were shirts off getting a bit of sun down there in beautiful Houston. Is that still the case? Or Let me just check. Yesterday was horrible. It was a good New York day, wet and windy, mate. But today's... Uh... There might not be shirts off, but uh, at least it's not too bad. Maybe still shorts weather. So um, it's going all right. Day off today for the boys. So we haven't had one uh, midweek for all the preseason, really. So kind of don't know what to do with myself. It's good. Yeah, nice. I'm sure there's a couple of little cafes, your local spots down there <coughs> that you'll be rolling into, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. We'll see. The coffee club will probably start chirping soon once they're all up and about. And I think a few of the new boys have found most of my uh, my local haunts so we'll try and find a spot and go get a couple flat whites mate and chew the fat how good well mate um just for the listeners that don't know who sam windsor is why don't you give us just a quick little background as to not so much the rugby player but the person sam windsor and we can jump into it yeah sure well um i grew up in a little town called bungendore it's about uh 30 minutes east of canberra in australia um for those that don't know that canberra is in australia and the capital um, and yeah, I've got an older brother, two younger sisters, uh, mum and dad still live out at, out in Bungendore, uh, obviously tough times back home at the moment, severe drought, hot, windy, lots of fires around the place. So. Yeah, mate, your family's right in the thick of it there. So shout yeah. out to them and obviously best wishes. So yeah, so far so you. good. So mum keeps us updated and the phone's always on, uh, on alerts if anything's, anything's going to kick off, but, um, yeah, mum and dad are still there, and then all three of my other siblings all live in London. So my older brother's been there over 10 years. My elder of my two younger sisters has been there, I think, five or maybe six years. And then my younger sister, about two years. So we're all spread out, but, um, yeah, we're all just enjoying life and traveling the world. So went yeah, to school. To, to be fair, if I grew up in Canberra too, mate, I'd be getting <laughs> out of there pretty quick. <laughs> People say that. I mean, it's – I think – you know, America for me is home at the moment, but Australia will, will be home for us eventually. And, you know, I, I don't think we'll move back to Canberra. It'll probably be either Sydney, Melbourne or, or Central Coast or somewhere. But um, it's always nice to go back and catch up with friends, family. And, and mum and dad have got a good spot sort of out in the bush a little bit. So that's kind of the, the nice little escape you want. Um, but Canberra, Canberra needs some respect. It's not, uh, it's, I mean, it just misses a beach. I think if it had a beach and some decent waves, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a bit of a hot spot, but um, now Canberra was home for me for 20, 20, 21 years of my life, and um, yeah, then packed my bags and have been on the road for for the best part of the last ten years, I guess, which has been a bit of fun. Yeah, mate. I mean, just looking at the the playing history and where you've been with your footy over the last eight or so years, you've certainly done the rounds. Um, shout out to Ulster and Worcester Warriors yeah. for your time at those two clubs must have been a pretty awesome experience and then um heading over to the u.s obviously becca was a big influence in that decision um yeah. so i guess where you are now with the mlr um down at houston you're probably athlete zero in terms of just <laughs> like the first probably big signing to to be with a club for um it's inaugural season and been through um for the, for the last three years so Mate, how's your, how have you seen the progression of the MLR over the last couple of years, um, basically from day one, being involved? I think this year I'm probably as excited as I was um, you know, in the lead up to year one. Uh, obviously, the first couple of years, there was a lot of teething issues and, and there was uh, you know, trial and error. And I don't think um, America was probably ready for, for what, what we put out there. But you know, kudos to the guys in charge for, for persisting with it, the ownership groups and, and all the investors for having the patience and, and I guess the foresight to realize that they're not going to, you know, they're not going to blow the world away within the first five to, to 10 years. So um, leading into this year, you know, we're two weeks away from round one. I can see that, you know, all the teams, whether they're the inaugural teams or, or their new teams coming in or, or second year teams like, like Rooney, um, it's become, a, you know, a serious league, a serious competition and, uh, you know, the attraction to a lot of players from overseas and, and in the States has, has really taken off. So, um, 
yeah, I'm super excited about this year, mainly because we've got a lot happening here in Houston, but also because a lot of teams have kind of looked around and seen what all the other teams are doing and, and realised that they either need to step up their game or change some things to, to kind of make this league, you know, respected as a professional league like so many are around the, uh, around the world. Yeah, mate, there's definitely a buzz here. Um, and I know from being up in New York at the moment and speaking to a few of the other guys around the league, um, your facilities that you've got down in Houston are unreal and we're all extremely jealous about that. So that must be a massive kicker for you guys, just yeah, having that. Massively. We're, and we're super fortunate and lucky to have you know, the, the investors we do and, and, and they've, you know, they've, they poured their own money into this facility and it took, you know, it would have been nice to have it ready last year, but, you know, we were, uh, we got a little unlucky with the weather, but now it's, uh, it's almost complete. They're putting the, the canvas or the canopies up on the, on the grandstands this week. So that'll hopefully be ready by, by round one. Um, and that'll be the completion of, of stage one of this facility. So um, to, to have a, a home base, you know, where we know we're going to be at training on the field, you know, every day and what times, uh, to have two practice fields that we can train on that aren't either, you know, overused artificial turf or, or crusty, dusty, uh, brown grass, you know, mounds of or patches of grass in the middle of nowhere in town is, is, is super good for us because uh, the body takes a, takes a beating at training and when you're running around on concrete or, or, or dodgy turf or just dirt, you know, you just don't get the same kind of application from your players as you would if you were playing it out of a, a proper facility. So, um, the ground's in immaculate condition. It, it bucketed down last night at training and, and you know, the, the surface holds up. It's not slippy. There's no puddles. Um, you know, the ground staff do an amazing job of, of prepping for us every day. And, uh, and just having a, a locker room, which is a team room as well, just creates a, a good environment for the boys and, and you get that, that atmosphere of, of proper pro rugby and the banter and, you know, the chat and jokes and fines and rolling the dice or whatever it might be, just creates that, uh, I guess, that bond between the boys that, that makes playing professional sport, I think, uh, so unique. Yeah, mate. I mean, that's the biggest thing, just having a space for the guys just to sort of lock in together um, and put some quality time in just certainly builds that cohesion and culture. And yeah, I mean, where we are with Rooney at the moment, um, just having a similar situation, obviously not as great as Houston, but um, just where the players can sort of, you know, roll in each day and just have the access to those facilities just to kind of put in time together is massive rather than just sort of showing up for a session yeah. here or there. So um that's awesome. Hey, so how's preseason been going? I know Sabre Cats historically are early starters when it comes to preseason, <laughs> and you basically play a season before MLR kicks off. But it looks like you've changed things up this year. Yeah, a little bit. We uh, I think we learned our lesson from that that first year of playing. I think I think it was sixteen games. It was uh, wild before before a, an eight game season. So yeah, you know, not many players are used to playing twenty four games here in the states. So. Um, hey, we did that for a reason. I think it was a good reason, um, mainly because you know I think we we got to give a lot of players who probably weren't playing in the league that year from around the country a chance to to see what it would take and, and what it would be like to play professionally. So, you know, we had teams from all over the country and, and a team from Uruguay come up and play us in that inaugural season, which for us helped boost a fan base, create a fan base, uh, and kind of create awareness for for rugby in, in Houston. So. That was a, uh, you know, I think it was a good thing. But, yeah, I think it wore the boys out a little bit and then we're pretty tired by the time the actual league started. Last year, uh, we reeled it in a little bit and I think it was only four games in the preseason. Um, uh, but I think there were some other things sort of going on around the place that probably contributed to our performances that year, um, which I believe and I'm confident we've changed uh, this year to, to, you know, hopefully create more wins and, uh, and better team performances. So... Uh, just the two preseason games this year. Um, I think with the way the league's structured, it doesn't really accommodate a long preseason, which for us older boys is is always welcome. Um, yeah. There's nothing worse than a ten to twelve week preseason and then uh, getting getting into games. So uh, we had a good four five week block before Christmas and then came back over Christmas New Year for a couple of days and then ramped it up on the on the second of January. Uh, and then that that sort of culminated in our game against the, the Tasman Marco last week. And then we played New Orleans this weekend uh, before a week off and, and then round one on the on the 8th of Feb. Yeah, sweet. Have you got all the boys back in? Like everyone's there at the moment? Almost. We've got, uh, we're waiting on three players, uh, three players to come in. Um, guys that visas took a little bit longer than expected. Um, 
two of the three have been been approved. So we're just waiting for flights and uh, and to get them over. So the squad's ninety five percent, ninety percent complete, um, which is good. So again, that's the hiccups and the speed bumps that we've uh, we've encountered over the last two years, and until uh, until I guess we're as big as the MLR or either MLS or the or the NFL will be encountering those problems for a while. But um, yeah. we got a good we got a good squad. Uh, Paul Healy, new coach. Um, <clears throat> he's he's really driven standards, accountability, and professionalism. Um, he's a Queenslander, he's a, right? Yeah, he is. Which you yeah. know, I remind him every day. But, yeah. Uh, again, us, us uh, New South Wales boys haven't got too much to, <laughs> too much to brag about over the last ten years. If we look at sports, um, nah. but no, he's he's been awesome for the club. He's uh, he's just a no bullshit kind of guy. You know, there was there was a lot of changes were made sort of playing personnel wise over the summer and, and through the preseason. And that was because, you know, that was his decision. You know, he felt that what he wanted wasn't here or, or what was here he didn't need or didn't feel was right for the team. So uh, he's created, uh, yeah, an environment which I, I can sort of compare to teams that I've been in in the past. And, and boys are kind of recognising that and realising that it's not a holiday anymore. It's not a, you know, we are playing professional rugby and, and the sacrifices you might need to make or, you know, things that we can't do, you might not get and, and asking and asking and asking for them is not going to change anything. So um, he, he knows his place. He knows his boundaries. He's got a good staff around him. Um, yeah, and, I mean, uh, having Paul Emmerich there as well is probably a bit of a gateway between player-coach as well. I think he creates a good balance with that. Um, yeah. Certainly so, the success you guys had with him at the end of last year. Um, Paulie, I think Paulie was probably unlucky last year to kind of, you know, I, I feel a little sorry for him because I, I feel he came in and wasn't really given much. Uh, he didn't. I don't think he knew his role from from the start of the season last year, and and it was pretty messy. With um, so I was sort of player coach. Matty Trubel was doing a bit of player coach, and then Fitzy was head coach, and we had a defence coach, and then Paul came in as a skills coach. But there was there wasn't really any clear identity identifying of roles. Yeah, which you know, Paul's Paul's been playing, you know, played plenty of professional rugby, represented the states loads, um, you know, and and I feel the last back end of the season was when we really saw what he can do with the team and and with the way that he operates. So, um, you know, he's got a he's got a big role this year. Uh, he's heavily involved with us and also still juggling his West Houston commitments, um, and he's loving it. You know, I think Paul he's got a massive future in coaching and and he's really gonna. He's really going to thrive under under Paul Healy as you know his tutelage and, and guidance and you know I think Paul's plan is to, to to groom him to take over as head coach you know when Paul's time's up. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, bunch of South American boys in the team as well. Like, how does the the cultural balance between the boys in the locker room sort of play out? Because yeah, we uh, so we had well, we had four Uruguay four Uruguayans last year. Uh, Diego Manuel is the only one that came back. So Santiago. He's the number eight. Um, uh, yeah, Diego played lock and, and back row for us last year. Alejandro's number eight, and then okay. uh, Mateo and Santi were the other two. So they're all playing down for Penarol in the, the the SLA, I think it's called the South American League, which is kicking off in February as well. So it's a it's a pretty brutal league, isn't it? I uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the the South Americans are very passionate rugby players. They're mate, they're super committed. They're physical. Um, but mate, Diego and we got Matias uh, Ferreira. He's an Argentinian sevens player. He's come in this year. Mate, you've um, been practicing that, haven't you? I've had to practice that one because I get in trouble if I don't say it right. Fair. Um, fair. <laughs> but no, they are mate, they're awesome characters. You know, they're characters in themselves, but they add so much to the just the I guess the locker room chat and, and just I guess just the enjoyment of the game. You know, rugby is the world game. So, you know, we're very fortunate to have I lost count of how many uh, how many nations we have in our team, but a Namibian bloke arrived this week so we got him on board we got a oh yeah man his highlights look fucking unreal he's a big boy he's a yeah he's straight out of the test tube i reckon that bloke it's uh yeah (laughs) he's a a specimen so he was in the gym yesterday shifting some tin which was good to see um so yeah we got we got uh we got a good good crop of south americans some you know plenty of southern hemisphere boys from australia new zealand south africa um and then a couple of the european boys as well to to i guess uh, even out the whinging, you know, they love a moan, the English boys, so you've got to have yeah. them in the mix there somewhere as well. Um, but no, I'm excited about this South American League. I think, you know, if, if it goes well and, and, and the MLR continues on the path it's going on, then, you know, we will hopefully see a, 
you know, America's championship similar to the European championship or something in the years. I didn't come. even think about that. That's such a great call. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, travel is obviously the biggest hurdle for us here in, in, in the Americas, but, um, you know, the I mean, funding Houston, there and the to, sponsorship. Houston to Toronto or Seattle, you're doing it anyway, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Houston to Mexico is probably closer than yeah, exactly. Houston to New York or any of those ones. So it wouldn't be too hard to do, but that's, that's sort of a, an exciting prospect for the league. I didn't even think about that. Um, and then got your little mate to vet in the mix yeah, now as well. Ruzi. Yeah. Ru- um, yeah. He's, he's been around the block as much as probably you or me as well. So <laughs> um, how's he enjoying his time? He's loving it here, mate. Um, so we, we, we tried to get the vet um, midway through year one and then definitely year two, we tried to get him over here. Um, but sort of either budgeting or, or numbers-wise, we couldn't really accommodate him. So um, once we sort of found out that Santiago wasn't going to be uh, coming back this year, we, we were kind of straight on the phone to him. And, and Matt Trubel was a, was a big help with that. Matt played with him at Southern Districts and, and kind of kept him on the, you know, on his messaging list for, for the off season. So, uh, you know, he didn't think twice, you know, it was, yep, sorted out. Let's get me over there as soon as we can. So he came in and, and had an instant impact. Um, you know, he's been elected captain for the, for this coming season, which, you know, that isn't bandied around or, or thrown out to anyone. So he's proved himself over the preseason. He's, he's a natural leader. Um, you know, he's, if people meet him, they'll realize, uh, why we've kind of selected him as captain, you know, he's a very infectious personality, uh, positive outgoing and obviously he's a halfback so he's noisy and and he uh he'll get under people's skin pretty easily on the field so um, yeah i'm actually i'm so looking forward to sort of his interactions with that opposition over the season as well just you can just tell he's gonna bait guys yeah, so it's gonna much. be good fun he's good but he's loving houston mate he uh i'm not sure if he'd been to the states too much before but uh yeah he's, he's settled in quite quickly um you know, there's rumours going around he might already be loved up, but uh, stop it. I, again, I can't. I'm not going to comment on that one. I'll let uh, I'll okay let him come up come up with that one. But uh, he doesn't know too much about American sports, so he's he's been to an NFL game, he's been to NBA games, so he's learning he's learning how to fit in. I think, and uh, but he's uh, yeah, he'll 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 love it this year, and I think he'll be one of our best. Yeah, right. I mean, you guys get only from I guess from an outsider's perspective, but you guys get pretty good access to. The other professional sports in Houston as well. Like I know I've seen you sideline at Houston Texans yep. games and Astros and all that stuff, mate. Um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, so some of our investors are investors of um, of the Texans as well. Um, so sometimes there's there's tickets or, or opportunities to go along with them. But to be honest, more of the opportunities that come just through people I've met or Becker's met through um, through work or or just through events around the city. So. Um, you know, the rodeo is a big time of the year when, when a lot of people get together and you know, it's an 18-day festival. So you're, there's always tickets going around for that and you might find yourself in a, in a suite or a box with someone that works here, works there, and, and you just kind of link up and network. And, and, you know, we've created heaps of friendships over the last two and a half years here in Houston that have, I guess, allowed us to, to go along to events and sports and games and, and kind of enjoy Houston for, for what it's known for. And it's basically crazy live sports and good food and drinks. So it's... Uh, yeah, that's 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 what the one thing we probably love most about Houston is is the network and the connections we've made over the, the last couple of years, um, and yeah, you know we can mainly, return the favour. Are, are they mainly Texans themselves, or there's a few expats bun, bunched uh, in? No, there's there's a massive expat community here with the oil and gas trade. So, um, you know, I go along to the Aussie America Chamber of Commerce whenever I can, and and catch up with uh, a lot of the people that work with BHP or or BP or. Or other, fa- you know, other areas of oil and gas. So, um, you know, we so got a big you, event. You'll be mayor in a couple of years. Is that what you're telling me? Or I don't want the mayor drop, mate. This this city's too big. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, but we got the. I mean, Australia Day's coming up on Sunday, so there's a big Chamber of Commerce barbecue they have every year. So, um, we'll head out there on Sunday and do a bit of coaching, and then they have a meat pie eating competition. A few good, uh, few good Aussie beers and play Get a bit of cricket. Up. They won't play two up, I don't think. No, there'll be there'll no. be cricket. I know there's a cricket Aussies versus rest of world game which I've signed up for. So, okay. Um, How much rule explanation is required for that to go on? Well, this is the I think it might be the fourth or fifth year they've done it. So I think rest of the world, you know, struggle a little bit. I don't think the Aussies have lost, which is you know, yeah, good to know. I'd be worried if they'd lost any games, but um, I think we got a pretty good side out for the Aussies as a 
the kicker or the punter for the UH Cougars who's just finished up. Dane Roy, he's an ex-Aussie uh, rules player. So he knows his way around the cricket field. And then, um, yeah, it'll be a bit of fun. So we'll take a few of the boys out to that. Um, and those kind of events happen pretty frequently for us. And, and we make plenty of noise that, you know, people always get us invites to them and stuff, which is which is what we need to do to, to, to fill our stadium. We had 1,800 there last week and it was miserable weather. And, you know, I've no doubt in my mind that there'll be 3,000, 4,000 at at a couple of the games this year and, and making it a, a pretty raucous place to come and play. Yeah, you guys have certainly been really active in terms of just like community engagement. Um, I guess in comparison to a lot of the other teams as well. I don't know if that takes away from training time or boys just being able to switch off, but it's certainly helping you guys with that stadium. So that's awesome to see. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's a multi-use, you know, it's rugby obviously primarily, but in the, in the summer we had uh, high school football there. We had uh, St. Thomas men's and women's university soccer games there. Um, we had a big bounce castle, which is, they perched up on the practice fields for three or four weeks. So those kind of events are kind of, again, putting Sabercats on the map. And you know, a lot of people around Houston's over 6 million people. And I'd say 75% of the people don't even know where the stadium is or what the Sabercats are. So, you know, the more events we can have at the stadium and, and the more, I guess, linking up with different events or communities or organisations to kind of raise awareness for not just the Sabercats, but Aviva Stadium as a, as a venue is only going to help us long-term and, and put bums on seats. Yeah. I watched um, the Tasman game, obviously, the other night. Um, yeah. for, the, for the American boys, it was like a lot of those guys playing an international team in some capacity for the first time. Um, it was so funny watching like the niggle, yeah, just from the yeah. Kiwi boys. Yeah, um, it, like how did the how did the boys from your team sort of just respond to all that sort of just banter and little off the ball stuff? I think uh, I, I need to go back. I mean, watching it back, I haven't really focused on that kind of stuff. But playing it, you do see the bit of niggle, and it comes from it's normally back rowers in it or wingers who, who always have a they have a little complex or a chip on the shoulder that they feel they need to, you know, push their head into the dirt or get a little extra ankle tap in it or something. But um, for a lot of guys, I mean, most of the guys in our squad have played MLR or, or close to it. So I think for them, it was a chance to really test themselves and sort of see what it is to, to take, you know, take that next step up um, or what rugby's like, you know, in the Southern Hemisphere. The New, you know, obviously, New Zealanders are, you know, are what people recognise when they hear rugby, the All Blacks or whatnot. But, um, yeah, it was good. I mean, we had guys that are from New Zealand that haven't played in a, in an atmosphere like that before. You know, the stadium, the lights, the the whole show. Um, some of the new boys in our team were like, "Shit, this is fucking unreal!" Like the lights, the the pregame, you know, the fireworks, and and they just they couldn't believe it. So I don't know. I don't think boys got too caught up in it, but you know, the MLR. If I know anything from the last two years, there's plenty of that niggle going on. So if it, if yeah, it ruffled true. them a little bit in that game, they're going to have to sort of roll up the sleeves and and toughen up because it's only going to come thick and fast once uh, February 8th rolls around. Yeah, true. Who you guys got first game? We got Colorado Raptors first up. Um, okay. Which would be – I'm looking forward to it. They came down here back into the season. Um, and they were in a, they kind of had a flip-flop season to us. So they started quite strongly and then sort of fell off towards the end. So we, we, we did a number on them in that last week of the season last year at, at Aviva Stadium. So they've come down and they've, they've played at Aviva. Um, so they'll know what they're coming down to. Um, you know, they've recruited, changed some coaching similar to us. Um, so, yeah, we're expecting a, a massive test against them. Yeah. Um, round one. Uh, do, and you, then, do you think they'll have um, Digby and Rene for that game? I or? don't know. I can't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen. I mean, I don't, I don't go looking too heavily, but um, yeah. I haven't seen that they're there or I haven't seen that they are there. So. Um, a lot of these big signings, I think, are good for the league, but also good for the players, you know, in the league. Like, you, you want to play against the best, you want to test yourself, then, you know, you can't hide behind, you know, an, an amateur league that's played professionally and think, oh, mate, I've been killing it. Or you're not, cause, you know, you're not playing against the best in the world. But the more of these players that, that, that find their way over to America and, and test, you know, the likes of us who, who haven't had a big opportunity to play, you know, professionally, internationally, then, you know, I think it's, I think it's a great opportunity for, for everyone involved. But no, yeah. we'll see be good if they are there because it'll obviously uh it'll just uh raise the awareness of the game and and make it a bit more of a spectacle which would be good yeah i think those guys also are pleasantly surprised by the standard and certainly the physicality of it as well so 
Um, you know, it's not too much of a step down for guys that have played other professional leagues overseas. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, you probably get them as well. And every, you know, as soon as the season starts up and the photos start coming up on social media, you get boys from yeah all over the world saying, "Oh, hey, mate, looks good out there." You know, can't wait to come over, save me a jersey, save me a spot, or where are we playing in two years, or my contracts up and stuff. So, um, you know, this league's going to get stronger and better, and and you know, hopefully, some more investors on board to to raise that salary cap, so we can uh, you know we can attract the likes of players who aren't necessarily coming to the end of their career, but just want to want to change, you know, want to, you know, see a different part of the world. And I think America is a great place for, for them to come and do that. Mate, big time. I mean, growing up, watching all those movies like American Pie and just like that college experience that you get from overseas, like it's at the top of anyone's bucket list, right? So yeah, big time. Add, add a rugby competition to that. And I mean, I think I've been here five years now and I've hit 32 states, most nice. of which through rugby. So that's good. Yeah, the opportunity. I, can, I, can, uh, sure. I think I'm. I think I'm at twenty, twenty or twenty-two. I think. I think I've hit a few. The, the sort of the north, the mid. I guess they call it the Midwest or the the north. Has kind of eluded me a little bit. So I need to. I need to spend some time up there. Um, yeah. Check out some of that scenery, which is which would be good fun. Speaking of which, did you get much time off over the off season to do a little bit? Of um, not a whole heap. So my sister-in-law, they live in New York. So we get to New York a couple of times a year, um, which both Becca and I love. Um, yeah. You know, that, if there's probably a city in America that, you know, if you ask me where, where, where do you want to live, New York would probably be top of the list. Um, Minus so the weather. There. You know what? I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, the extremes of the cold are pretty bad. But, I, you know, we went, to, we went to London for Christmas and it was cold. And it's just after living in Houston for a couple of years, you know, you look forward to putting on a jacket, a beanie, a scarf, you know, another yeah, jacket, some boots. Um, so it wouldn't be the end of the world. Uh, yeah, I had that in yeah. LA as well. Like you just yeah. get so complacent with the weather that you take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But no, we didn't do much over the summer. Um, we, I was pretty busy with work. Um, so the changeover of coaches um, and sort of my role off the field sort of made it hard for me to get away, which I didn't mind because, you know, there was a lot of work to do in the off season and I was happy to put my hand up and, and help out where I could, whether it was recruiting, planning, um, you know, helping JT, our new president, sort of get his head around rugby and, and learn the game and learn how, how we kind of operate and how things are done. Uh, so, yeah, it was a bit of a boring summer and I think I've learned now after two summers here in Houston that it's not a nice place to be just because of the heat. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. uh, this, year, this year might no be No beaches. Bit, no beaches and just, you know, relentless heat from... You know, 24 hours a day, it doesn't drop below 80 degrees over the summer. You know, and the humidity is through the roof. So, um, those that, that might change this summer. We might uh, we might get away for a while. I haven't been home for a, for a year and a half. So, that long? Yeah, yeah. We went back for our wedding in in October of 20, 2018, yeah. um, which feels like it wasn't that long ago to be honest. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get over there. Um, get over there. Hopefully in in Ju- July, August time, or or if not, just get out of Houston and see some more of America that we haven't seen. Yeah. A little stealth mission down in Mexico, maybe? Go to... See, I haven't even been... Haven't, it's a two-hour flight from here, and we still haven't done that. So Rook, you know, the you're all, missing you, out. You can't go wrong with the all-inclusive at a, at a resort, you know? So especially right. in the off-season. <laughs> yeah. We, um, um, when I was in LA, we used to do like these little trips down to Mexico. You could basically drive... It was like four-hour drive, pack the car up with all your food and drinks and everything like that. And it was so cheap. It was the best weekend. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, we have right. to do that. Becca will, uh, she'll probably leave me if I don't take her on a, on a relaxing holiday. The Windsors are known to, to be pretty busy on holiday, whether it's hiking, walking, sightseeing. Yeah. We need another holiday after it. So I owe her a, uh, I owe her a nice relaxing break at some stage. So, How's she preparing for the rugby season ahead? Uh, she, I mean, she's been, I guess she's my rock. I think that's yeah. you know it goes for most guys that have wives that that play rugby. You know, she came and lived with me in Belfast for six months, um, which she you know that was her first real taste of rugby, if you like. Um, and I guess that's where she probably fell in love with the game. And then when I came to America, she probably you know started to realize that okay, well this is Sam's life for a while. I'm just gonna you know, have to go with it until until things change. So um, you know, I've got the utmost respect for her for you know helping me sort of achieve my goals, chase my dreams and kind of follow me around the country, whether it was up to Seattle for, for, for a hot minute or, or down here. So, um, you know, she's now, she now can't wait for game days. You know, she's always, 
she wants the best seat. She wants to be the noisiest. She wants to to make it known that uh, yeah, she's she's a Sabercat. Uh, uh, I guess number one fan. The there you go. She can't, she can't hear me at the moment, so she'd probably come out and throw something at me. But um, no, she's I mean she's bought into the Sabercat. She's she's been there through the hard times, and and hopefully she'll be here through the through the good times this year. So. Um, she loves the, she loves rugby. She's you know she's well respected by everyone in the in the club and the organisation. She's got lots of friends here that that love coming out the game. So that's good. Um, yeah, and she gets to you know I try and take her to most away games you know throughout the season. So she'll get to go see friends. We got a game in Vegas in in week two. So um, Becca and I met in Vegas many moons ago. So her mum still lives there and she's still got plenty of friends there. So she's looking forward to that weekend. Uh, and then. Mona Truval, Matt's wife, she's due to give birth uh, at the end of February. So she'll get up there to visit her and then and get back up there again for the game against Seattle later on in, in March. So, uh, yeah, plenty of, plenty of uh, trips on her radar that she's looking forward to as well. Yeah, nice. And uh, like many of the, the new boys that have sort of come in over the last 12 months or so with their partners, I guess, she's, has she been able to like help them out or sort of let them settle in? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple guys, a few of the new guys from overseas have have brought girlfriends with them who have you know only come and stayed for a little while before headed back. So that was kind of in the off season where we don't have a lot of, I guess, interaction with all the other couples. Um, and then the Kyle Breitenback came down from Austin, so his wife Heather lives up in Austin. So we met them before he came down. Um, so Becca kind of you know gave her that that. Oh, made that connection with Heather to kind of, hey, listen, I know you're up in Austin, but, you know, you've got a friend in Houston, you ever want to come down? And I think that's the important thing for, for us as players is to make sure that, that the families and our wives and partners are, you know, are looked after and are in a, in a comfortable position where they can, you know, make friendships and, you know, have girl times and, and do that girly stuff without having, you know, getting caught up in the all the rugby hoo-ha. So, um, it's a, you know, it's a family, I think, mean, I most rugby clubs are sort of family orientated and, and family driven and, and it's no different here in Houston. So, um, you know, there probably could be a little bit more uh, extracurricular activities for the, the wives, partners, families, um, which we'll probably get to throughout the season, you know, lunches beforehand or, or maybe, the week maybe Becca stuff, so. should uh, set up a little WhatsApp group then for the WAGs. Yes. Yeah, she hates that term. So I can't use that in this. Oh, shit. Sorry, Becca. <laughs> She's like, ah, it's not, I'm not a wag. She watches a bit of uh, some of those reality TV shows where they were, I think it was the oh, Australian yeah. one actually, it was the wags and it was all the, I think it were all the Melbourne AFL players wives or something. I think it was, what I think it was called wags or something. She loved it. She's like, but she's like, I'm not one of them. No chance. Um, right. But no, mate, it's good here. It's, it's, you know, I've said it a couple of times, but it's been a hard slog the first couple of years. And, and now that, that light at the tunnels sort of getting a bit brighter. So like, uh, can't wait. Can't wait for it to kick off. Yeah, on it like same thing up here and as I said, like speaking to a, a few of the other teams, like there's certainly just an added buzz around the league this year with everything that's going on. Um and yeah, I think that first two weeks in Vegas with just sort of that carnival atmosphere of all those games going back to back, it's gonna be pretty epic. So And you guys got have you guys got two weeks? Yeah. You play the, so we yeah, get we our first game is Feb eighth. I think it's a yeah. Friday night. I'm double yep. check that, but we will get in like the day before and then camp for a week, um, which will be like 90% of the squad will probably stay, I'd say. And yep. then Austin um, that following weekend. Okay. Um, well, I, just... I mean, that's that works out well for you boys. I mean, that, that's almost a preseason tour. And, you know, the people that know rugby, the best bonding and, and, and stuff's done when you're on tour yeah, and you're away completely. for an extended period of time. So, um, yeah, I think that's great. that's great news. I found out, I mean, I was looking forward to playing at the ballpark, which they'd kind of advertised, but it turns out I think we're playing at Sam Boyd now. Um, Is that, that's just because there's bigger, there's more seating there? Is that why? I wish, or? I wish that was the case. I wish they'd sold 10, that's 20 what I heard. tickets, but, uh, I think it was the baseball team were worried they weren't going to be able to flip the baseball park in time for their okay. minor league season is what I've heard. So, you know, what rugby's like whispers and, and gossip starts and spreads and, <laughs> Next thing yeah. you know, it's because we're playing in the Raiders Stadium or something, you know. But, yeah, we'll just um, we'll just we'll just go with ticket sales were sold out for the original stadium, so they had to upsize. They had to upsize. That's good. So if it keeps going, then yeah, we might be in the in the Raiders Stadium come February eighth, mate. Who knows? Yeah, 
Is that that's finished because the Raiders are there? Nah, it's, it's, nah. yeah, it's not quite. I, I was there. I was there in December. I mean, it's sick. The location of it's right on the strip, so they've got this massive glass. I think it opens sort of at the. I guess it's the north end of the the stadium, which then opens up onto the strip. So, in terms of in terms of a venue for live sport, it's it's going to be hard to beat in America, I reckon. But uh, yeah, right. Be good to get out to a game there next year for sure. Oh, that, you were there for that promo stuff, hey? Yeah, we did that. We did a couple of days out there, just shooting the jerseys and and stuff, which was which was good fun. So, a lot of those boys that were out there, I hadn't probably met before or spent any time with. So, the beauty of rugby is you get to know boys from different backgrounds, different countries, different teams, and then you know bash each other on the field, and then you know you can have a bit of bit of bit of bonding with them after over a beer and a feed. So, um, yeah, it was good to good to meet a few of the boys, especially from the new teams coming into the league. Um, you know, I guess for them this is a massive unknown. You know, having played club footy all their life, and now next minute they're on CBS and ESPN, and and they're professional rugby players. So, yeah, that just got announced the other day. Hey, ESPN and Fox is two new broadcasts for the year. Perfect. I I mean, I haven't even looked. I just assumed we were staying with what we're with, and then ESPN's been good to all the teams and and very accessible. And then you know, for us with family overseas, having it on Facebook every week is is even better because we're reaching a different audience and. And they're, and they're keeping up to date with how we're going and stuff. Yeah, completely. What's your um? Have you guys got sort of like a couple of spots in in Houston that you guys are rolling into after the matches, or just? Uh, so we have a pretty we have a pretty good post match at the uh, at the stadium. Um, so we have you know there's a you know, a good little couple marquee set up, and the, last week they even had I think the UFC on the big screen while boys are were tucking into some food. So. Um, I think a lot of our games are seven o'clock, so it, you know it allows us to get out for a couple of hours. There's a few spots where where we'll try and we'll try and congregate, you know, after a game that is kind of friendly for for everyone. Um, but I mean, Houston is you can go nightclubbing, you can go to bars, you can go to ice houses, you can go to mate. There's a myriad of different bars and pubs or or spots you can hit up after games. So. Uh, it'll it'll be weather dependent as well. You know, there's nothing better than sitting outside having a having a beer after a game in Houston when when the weather's right for it. So, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, we'll see. We, you know, hopefully get some wins on the board, and then won't really matter where the where we're drinking because winners piss always tastes better, right? Yeah, it does. Hey. <laughs> uh, well, I know for a fact that when Rooney come into town, they're going to be looking for a uh, a country bar or something like that for sure. Yeah, good. Well, it was. Mate, it's been a while since you boys were down here. I mean, you were one of the first teams to come down and play in the baseball stadium. Yeah. Um, with the, with the Nyack boys, so um, yeah, I think you know we'll, we'll put on a good uh, we'll put on a good game, and then I'm trying to look at what date you guys are here. If it's rodeo, see if it's around. Uh, I March, think then. I think it was February. If yeah. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Yes. No. We, yeah. So we go Colorado, Toronto, and then I think DC and you boys at the end of February. So. Um, yeah, the rodeo season or rodeos kicks off start of March, so it'll be well and truly honky tonks and uh, and whatnot will be kicking off. The boys have actually found a place nowhere near town. It's a massive driveway, but oh dear! Over the preseason, they found this place called Stampede, which they've fallen in love with. It's just a honky tonk, sort of twenty minutes north of the city, and it's almost a big event space where it's, there's just line dancing and two stepping and mechanical bulls and country music and actually, they love it so. On that note, I've got a bone to pick with rugby players in general, but I want to hear your input on it. Yeah. Mate, are you, are you the type of guy that goes to the same bar every weekend all the time or are you, you looking for new spots, trying to mix it up? See, back home, back home it would, I mean, back home you would go to the same place. I well, guess, that's because there was just a lack of options though, right? Pretend, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I like to, I like to mix it up for sure. I think you know, I don't go out as much as I probably did five six years ago. But um, I think you, you probably always start in the same spot and then you'd venture out to different spots. But you just got to whatever's hot at the moment is probably the spot that boys go to. So like most cities, there's always a a trend. You know, something's hot for a few months and then a new place opens up and then that becomes a spot to go to. And people are just sheep, mate. They just flock to wherever's popular. <laughs> yeah. True. We um, last season it was pretty funny. Obviously, we have a fair few of the Irish boys um, mm-hmm. here at Rooney, and most of them were living in Harlem. And there was an Irish pub in Williamsburg, which was 
you know, between those two places is not that close, but yeah, they were, they were thrown into that pretty consistently each week. So um, big focus this year is probably never foot, step foot in that place ever again and, yeah, good. and move on to something else. So Different. I think that's the way step out, diversify. Yeah. I mean, New York, I mean, that's, that's the Irish boys. I mean, Irish boys will always find the Irish pub, no matter what country or city they're in. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we love you guys. Um, so what about the what about the cafes? Obviously, you're a big coffee connoisseur, mate. I actually haven't yep. seen you actually <clears throat> ripped an espresso personally, but um, I know you're you're a big fan of the stuff. And any time that I come to Houston or reach out to you in certain sports, that's the first thing I'm asking for as well. So yeah, you're happy, mate, you're we, happy um, with the cafe scene. Yeah, cafes. I mean, where I live, I've got you know within walking distance. There's a couple of my two my two favorite spots. So that's that was obviously pretty crucial in, in identifying before we, we moved apartments. But um, no, there's, I mean, there's a new one popping up, you know, most months here in Houston. So um, I try and, you know, dissimilar to the bar scene, you know, I try and I try and get out and visit all the different ones whenever I can. So whether it's meeting someone on a different part of town, I'll, I'll know which cafe I'm going to go to and grab a, grab a quick flat white and, and drop in and say hi to the people there or, or just get in the car and go for a drive and, and whatnot and, going to see one that I haven't seen in a while is, is always uh, something I do on the days off or the weekends. Um, but we've got a good little, uh, a good little espresso machine in the change rooms now, which, uh, which the You're boys kidding. Acquired, acquired. Um, so there is a bit of a coffee culture spreading through the group, um, which is good. So, I mean, that's, that's creating Mate, all, funds all for, best, uh, all best rugby banter and conversations happen over a coffee, right? So. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, the boys are out, you know, if we got an afternoon off or a half day, they're in, they're in a coffee shop playing cards and, and having chats and stuff. So there is a good coffee culture in rugby and, and Houston, you know, Houston definitely, definitely provides the, the locations for them to continue that. So, um, you know, a dream of mine still to have a coffee shop, um, whether it's here or back home or somewhere. Uh, yeah. It's been a passion and a, and then a passion of mine definitely since I was, since I was sort of growing up, um, need to work on the, on the latte art skills, but that just comes with time, mate and, and equipment. Um, but no, the, the aim is to have a little, a little setup in the house and then gradually grow from there. That's insane. I can't believe you guys have an espresso machine in this, in the locker rooms. Yeah, it's good. The boys found one on, uh, they found one secondhand, a little Breville brewmaster or whatever they're called. So it actually pours a pretty good espresso. Uh, and then the steam is actually not too bad either. So there's some, there's some interesting drinks going around, but again, that's yeah, just I, not... how the flat whites and the, the Cortado is coming out. A little frothy, but that's fine. You know, that'll, uh, some of the boys are actually decent at, at making them. So some guys don't know how to do it. So, you know, it's a dollar a coffee or if you need someone to make it for you, that's another dollar. So, we're, you know, we're, we're generating some revenue for the for the team and, and for the socials and, and uh, that along with sort of the fines committee and, and, and what we have in place is hopefully going to provide uh, a bit of entertainment for us through the season or, or definitely at the end of the season. Yeah, so that you basically you're telling me that all the funds go straight to court sessions yeah, I, I think so. Definitely the majority, but you know, we'll have we'll try and uh, you know, again, our new president's on board with everything that we're doing, you know, on and off the field. So um, tell him to know. match it. <laughs> well, that's whatever you, no, whatever without, you guys raise. He's he's on board with that, so I wasn't going to say it, but you said it. So um, yeah, right. That 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 is the plan. So I mean, and that's what we need. You know, rugby. We can get caught up in we can get caught up in training and playing pretty pretty quickly when the season starts. So you know, we've identified the need to give the boys an outlet, you know, throughout the year and the coaches are on board with that, whether it's a, you know, training location change or a movie night or go bowling, go throw axes or go go-kart or whatever it might be. Um, you know, the club and, and, and people are in, on board with, with helping us sort of facilitate that and get it to the boys. And, you know, if we can contribute some of the cash, then, you know, we're not just going hand out every time saying, hey, can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? You know, we can front up some cash and, just keep the wheel spinning, mate, because that's, uh, that's what it's going to take. Nah, sweet. Um, mate, fashion, obviously a big thing for you. Every time you're in Williamsburg, I feel like you're repping a <laughs> new style when mate, you come hardly. here. But, but on the flip side, how's the fashion for you down in Houston? And, man, you got a pair of Akubras or, or RMs that you're repping down there, full cowboy, or just keeping no, it pretty well, hipster? I've, uh... There is a there is a hat I had my my eye on last rodeo and I regretted not getting it so I need to get I need to get a, a new hat. Um, boots wise, see, I, I haven't I need a good pair of cowboy boots still. I still haven't uh, invested in a in a good pair. So until I find a pair that 
I can't say no to. Um, that'll have to wait. But I mean, fashion's taken over the world in, in all sports, all genres, or all areas of life. So for me, it's kind of, you know, I just like, I like looking at fashion. I, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to afford a lot of the stuff I like. So for me, it's just a little bit of a dream and a passion to, to kind of uh, hope to one day, you know, have that pair of shoes, have that jacket, have those pants, have that shirt. Um, but hey, you know, if I can combine rugby, coffee, fashion, um, and sort of acquire some of the pieces that I want, then I'll be a happy man. So, oh, mate, that, that, that's the epitome of being a professional rugby player, isn't it? Those it is. three things. Yeah, basically. You got to look good to play good and then drink good coffee because it's too short to drink. Look good, coffee. feel good, 100%. So, what boots are you repping for the season then? What uh, boots? That's another, that's another good question. So I've been, a, I've been an Adidas man the last few years, um, but uh, I, might be, I might go over to the Tiempo side of the world and get some Nikes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually debating that at the moment and sort of shopping around. So um, that's the hard part. You know, we do I, you know, soft ground boots for me are, are pretty redundant in the, in the climate we play in with the, you know, the artificial turf we play on for a lot of games and then, Outfields in that good nick, you don't really need uh, you don't really need soft ground studs. So um, yeah, I'll probably I'm going to trial tempos I think for the start of the season and then and see how we go from there. Nice one. All right, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we before we wrap things up, um, don't know if I'm throwing you under the bus here a little bit, but um, you promised me you had a pretty good rugby banter story to share in your time um, over the couple of years. So. Oh, the, so you want, a, you, want a, you, want, you want a Houston one or we want a... No, let's go Sam Windsor. I don't care. Like, oh, Okay, jeez. Well, I guess... We're... I mean, the name The Rook comes from, from banter stories, if you like. Um, yeah. So The Rook started when I was probably just 18. Um, so I, my brother's two years older than me, so quite close with his group of friends. They took me out for my 18th. Um, and that was around the time the movie Super Troopers came out and there's a character called the Rookie in that. And he's just constantly making those rookie errors or those rookie mistakes. And for some reason, I don't know how or why, but I would always find myself making, it might not necessarily have been out on the pierce or, or whatnot, but I would just do something where I'm like, I wouldn't recognize until someone else would be like, why have you done that, mate? And it would just be a rookie error. So a lot of my stories normally originate from that, whether it was uh, you know, taking, taking the, the wrong bird home or... Or uh, or doing something stupidly and above that uh, that would cause them to a get in trouble and b maybe like look like an idiot for being the rook. So uh, you put me on the spot massively. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually a good guy. I don't have a lot of bad stories, which is maybe that's hard, your problem. Hard to believe. Maybe that is my problem. Maybe I'm not fun enough, and I need to I need to uh, loosen the strings a little. Um, Nothing from I mean, your Ulster days. See Ulster Ulster. No, I mean. Let me uh, let me think real quick. Ulster days. No, I was pretty. I was pretty well behaved there. Um, nothing. Nothing that really is going to excite anyone. I'm just trying to work back. Uh, Beasties. Ulster. Beasties. Yeah. Well, I got. I got. I got labelled the grub when I was at the Beasties um, by a couple of boys, namely Danny Van Dyke, uh, Tom Egan. So I, you know, that was mainly because I was just a grub. I'd moved to Sydney at, uh, was that, 09? So I was 22, so still a young kid. and Young and, and impressionable, and just... Young, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not impressionable. Trying to show in front of the old boys. <laughs> it was actually, it was early on in the season, round one, I think. It was probably, uh, it was probably Randwick away, I think. And we'd beaten Randwick in Randwick, which is always good. Get rid of the slime. Yeah. And uh, I remember a couple of girls came back to the clubhouse with, with a bunch of the boys, there's probably twenty of us, and the boys were absolutely into them. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure I took the I took the side of the girls and was kind of just saying, "No, don't worry about these guys; they're all losers. Uh, ignore them." Loud enough for them to hear, obviously. So I obviously got pretty, I got rinsed pretty badly for that one. But that's kind of where the grub originated. Um, yeah. After the second grade grand final uh, in twenty in oh nine, which we won, that was. I mean that whole day would be a would be a, a banter yeah, story a because it was uh, that was a good that was a good ride off that was a good day out. Probably a story for off air that one. Yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, maybe off air, but no, that's when you get to know your teammates real well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But then, no, I mean, 
Worcester was a Worcester was a decent. You know, I played I played fifteen minutes for Worcester and blew my shoulder out in my first game. Um, they went on to to win promotion back to the the Premiership that year. Um, so that was a, that was a good year. We we had all the boys that weren't playing uh, or weren't considered for a sort of a run over the back end of the season got sent to as a training facility in in Portugal called Browns. Um, most guys that have played in Europe either would have been there for a preseason or uh, or a tour or something at some stage. So it's a it's actually a really nice spot right there in the Algarve near Abu Fira. Um, and we got sent there for twelve days. So boys that boys that weren't playing, they had to play two games. So they played against uh, Portugal, I think a Portugal national team, and then the the British Army representative team. So you normally go to Browns for three or four days on a tour. You know the food's not great. Um, and there's not a lot to do outside of, you know, play some golf or, or go down to the, the marina where there's some seedy touristy bars. So to get sent there for 10 or 11 nights, I think it was, was, was pretty rough. But, uh, yeah, that was an experience. Um, so boys that have been to Browns can probably sympathize with being there for 10 days. But we, uh, we took it pretty lightly. The coaches that came with us were, were pretty uh, flexible in what we did. So there's a couple of good nights out, a bit of training, you know, plenty of beach weights, Shirts off outside, uh, and then you had the British Army team who were training, you know, three times a day, in the sand pit, smashing each other, you know, gearing up for this big game at the end of the, the sort of end of the week. And uh, we were roll- some of the boys rolling in five a.m., six a.m. after a night out. These guys are walking into the gym, just shaking their heads. Um, so it turned- and then the game game week game day came around, and we absolutely smoked them like fifty points. Rinse them. So. Uh, there were some broken souls that week. So what's the what's the lesson in that for any young aspiring professional rugby player? Enjoy your time. <laughs> Enjoy Just, your you time. Know, not everything's got to be hitting pads and smashing weights and getting up early and running laps. So if you're uh, given the Spoken opportunity... Spoken like honestly, a true fly half. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, just enjoy enjoy the moment. Live in it. Don't worry about what's coming up. For sure. All right. Mate, epic. Well, thanks very much for uh, jumping on the call. Obviously... This is uh, going to be a weekly thing for us here. But um, really, as I said, really excited about the season ahead. Um, hopefully catch up when we're down there um, playing you guys. But For sure. Mate, um, yeah, awesome. Best of luck with everything for the season, Thanks, mate. mate. And, um, you too. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have these calls every now and then anyway, just to touch base. But Sounds good, mate. Great. Look forward to it. All the best to you boys as well, mate. Cheers. See you, bro. See you soon, bro. Cheers. Bye.